Konnichiwa. And hey, y'all. I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie. Welcome to Sumo Sumo. Where we talk about all things sumo. That is right. But first, I want to give a big, huge thank you to Tom Bartos, who gave us this review. Oh, read it, read it. I am going to. You don't know it, but your entire life has been leading you to this podcast. I don't know why that feels really good to read, but it Aww, does. sweet. Uh, Laurie and Leslie, two Texas sisters, really know their sumo. It's absolutely delightful listening to their enthusiasm about a sport they discovered but didn't grow up with. And that's so true. That's very true. Yes. Uh, they're funny, curious, and have strong opinions on the sport and their favorite athletes. That is probably true that's as true well. That's true as well. I hope we're funny and curious. I like that. Side note, because of this podcast, I started watching sumo highlights on YouTube. My life is complete. Yay! That Tom Bartos is now watching sumo highlights oh, on YouTube. Oh, man. And now he's feeling very self-conscious about his hip flexors. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> Which is quite funny. You can always work up to it, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, that Tom, so for that nice. review. That is so nice. We love to read reviews. Yes, So yes, if you yes. are a listener and you have been a listener, please review us. We love it. We just absolutely love it. And if you are a newer fan and we brought you to sumo that is awesome if you have been a sumo fan and uh you're just enjoying our podcast thank you thank you for giving us a listen yes i will say i did find another review this morning from malco 82 all right and i won't read the whole thing because it's it's another really lovely long one but i will say the only he says he or she whoever malco 82 is the only thing that they could build upon because he gave us he or she gave us feedback Mm -hmm. the only thing thing they could build upon is a sumo joke of the day. Like, <laughs> and he gives us one, do sumo wrestlers train by lifting grandfather clocks? Sumo the time. Sumo, sumo the time. The time. Sumo some, the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some other time, sumo <laughs> the time. Yeah. I when, like it. When we find sumo jokes, Malco82, we're going to bring them right to this podcast for you. So thank you. All right. Shall we jump into our news flash? Yes. Guess who is back in Keiko practice? Keiko is practice. Oh. It's like they're making cakes? Yeah. Isn't that a cute word for practice? It is. Keiko. I gotta go Keiko. Takayasu. I cannot believe this. I know. He says he's not doing the hard or the intricate training, but he's back doing his simple basic exercises probably the Shiko, you know, the stomps. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Good for him. I bet they feel good. Uh, Yeah, and he's got time right now to kind of maybe do some upper body strengthening. He was not supposed to actually return to practice until next week. So What is he doing then? They all do this. They all come (laughs) back before they're supposed to. They have all disobeyed orders from their doctors. But I have to say, I'm personally happy to know that he will be back and the leg injury was not a career ender. Well, we've talked about this before. Like, wrestlers coming back from injury is such a big thing, and they all tend to come back too early. But I know there's a big mental game in coming back after an injury. Yeah. Um, And how an athlete starts to deal with that, that's just a much bigger story. And so I wish him all the luck in the world in overcoming any sort of mental game as is going to develop about um, hamstring problems. I Yeah. 
I hope he he can soldier on. But here's the next little bit of news, which might be interesting. The May and July Boss Show are said to be delayed two weeks each, but that is probably not even going to happen. Even if these next Boss Shows are canceled, yeah. it will give the wrestlers a Time chance to heal. to heal. That's true. The sport could be completely different. Takakeisho whole... has had knee stuff. They all have knee stuff. Poor Tochi Notion, his everything yeah. is injured. I know. Takayasu. So if they all have this break to heal, I would like to think that many wrestlers will, their whole careers will be extended. I hope so. That's my hope. I really hope so. So maybe we'll get a little bit more of some of those wrestlers who might have had to retire earlier. Now they're going to get a chance to recoup, which is great news. Honestly, I've always thought whenever a Yokozuna drops out of a tournament because of an injury, like it's a really nice deal because they get a week or two of extra rest that the other wrestlers don't get. Mm -hmm. And I've often thought maybe that helps them in the long run. Oh, that's a good point. It probably does. I mean, even a week of rest from banging your body against other big dudes has got to be helpful, right? That sounded really dirty the way I said that. I didn't mean that to be dirty. It's only dirty if you have a dirty mind. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I guess I do. Quarantine is taking its toll on all of our minds. It really is. Oh, actually, I should say, this week, we're talking about women and sumo. Yeah. So this week... We are going into women in the sport of sumo. We're looking at it from a lot of different directions. So why don't you start us off with a historical perspective on women in sumo? According to Wikipedia, the source of all sources, women are not allowed to enter or touch the sumo wrestling ring or the doyo. It's a tradition stemming from Shinto and Buddhist beliefs that women are impure because of menstrual blood. Oh, that old menstrual blood. It's a problem. It, it really gets It really people. is a problem. Oh, my God. <laughs> the worst. Weird this terrible. natural process of ours that really just gets in the way and dirties everything around I us. I know. We're gross. Well, anyway, the view of this... Uh, we're not gross at all, by no. the way. It's no, no, a very no. normal, natural thing. It's just people got to deal with it. The view of the Japanese Sumo Association. I cannot say that word today. <laughs> Japanese Sumo Association. I'm just going to say JSA. The view of the JSA. (laughs) The JSA is. Is that. This is a tradition, I'm putting that in quotes, that has been firmly maintained throughout the centuries. So it would be a dishonor to all of our ancestors to change it. Right. Right. Uh, Now give them a chance. Well, that's actually a half truth. It's been a tradition and in place since the Meiji era around 1868. That was about the time when Japan decided it was going to make sumo the national traditional sport. Oh, that decision was not made until the 1800s. I didn't realize that. Yeah. You can call it maybe a rebranding of sorts for the new era. But prior to that, it was noted in ancient Japanese texts that one emperor used to actually make the ladies of his of his harem. Yeah, no, not brothel. But they had like the shoguns and they had multiple wives. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. And he would sometimes, uh, I don't know what this guy's name was, but one of them would make his ladies strip down and wrestle with each other. And this may be more myth than actual (laughs) truth, okay? That's like every man's dream. I know. I know. <laughs> Get a whole bunch of ladies in a room, have Make them strip down, down and mawashi. wrestle for you. This has been yeah. going on for thousands of years. And it's still years. happening like in jello pools and yeah. various bars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it gained popularity, supposedly, 
amongst both sexes early on. And men and women have been doing sumo at festivals and, I don't know, in the streets. I don't know. But they were participating in sumo matches well before the official record-taking began in the 1700s. Yeah. Remember I told you that's when we started to know when the first Yokozuna was, was sometime around that time. That's when they started to make official records. But prior to that, it really hadn't been written down. Oh, so when you say records, like recording who's winning, who's losing, what their levels are, things what like that. What their names are, yeah. Uh, the okay. first Yokozuna officially was listed around that same time, even though, in theory, the very first one was from 2,000 years ago, you know, many years ago. Right. It's a myth. It's a legend. Okay, got it. All of this coincided with a new movement in Japan born out of this backlash of this feminist movement at the time. Say more. Yeah. And the male-dominated government, obviously, started passing numerous laws to keep women in their traditional roles, which I found was fascinating. So I'm just going to list off a couple of laws that they passed around the same time as they started to record sumo and kind of make sumo's rules more official. It all happened around the same time. Okay. The Imperial House Law in 1889 was the first time in history officially stipulated only male heirs can ascend the Imperial throne. Okay. Before that, the official family records showed that eight women had served as ruling empresses of Japan 10 times between the year 592 and 1770. Okay. Then from 1868 to 1869, there was a passage of other new rules, such as the Meiji Constitution of 1889. Uh, Maybe that's the same one, denying women their voting rights. Oh, they took their voting rights away. Uh, Well, maybe just saying that they would just never officially have them. I'm not, I don't know if they had voting rights prior to that. Uh, I imagine they didn't, but they just made it official in record that, oh, by by the way, women can't vote. At the same time, they passed Article 5 of the Peace Police Law of 1890, roughly in that same era of time, denying Japanese women the right to join political parties, attend political gatherings, or even take political science courses. And then in the Meiji Civil Code, uh, 1898, which gave the male head of the family absolute authority over family members. This is late 1800s. was not a great time for female rights in Japan. <laughs> no. Even though there had been empresses before then. Right. Okay. Which I thought was, you know, it's real easy for us to look and go kind of scoff at what this was. And truth is, around the world, it was the same in America. It was exactly the same. Women had no rights. Everywhere women had no rights. Mm -hmm. It's just I think at this time they just wanted to make it official. And the official sport of Japan was also at the same time declared, and that was Ozumo. And it represented Japan's strength. According to Masataka Suzuki, a professor emeritus of cultural anthropology at Keio University, I said that very well. Yes, you did. It was understood that the rule changes all over Japan were invented to unite the country under these common ideals of nationalism in the imperial system. And sumo was a very big part of that. The government had now solidified the sumo sport and the sumo rituals and just started making it work to their advantage. And they also happened to remember that old Shinto religion rule where women are unclean when they are menstruating. Okay. So sumo decided that that was an easy way to keep women out, is by this old Shinto rule. According to the Japanese Times, sumo experts also say the off-limit rule against women is a relatively new tradition. That was only implied knowledge. It was never written down. 
The problem with that is that nowadays, when, for instance, the Olympics, they want to bring sumo to the Olympics, and the Olympic Committee says you can't bring sumo to the Olympics because it's not gender equal. It's not right. equal. It's, it's been their stance that any new sport in the Olympics must be accessible to men and women equally. Right. So what's interesting around that same time came this thing called Onazumo. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, yes, only because I've been looking. I've been researching all week long women and sumo. So go ahead. Well, it came to be. It's sort of body uh, type of sport associated with houses of ill repute. The brothels. The brothels. It kind of came to be a show of sorts. Mm -hmm. uh, brothels would have women dress up in traditional sumo and mawashi, mm -hmm. and the top half was completely naked mm -hmm. and dance around and fight around and, I don't know, do sumo matches for the men that would come to visit the brothels. Mm -hmm. Sounds similar to what was happening earlier that we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. Men love ladies yeah. wrestling It naked. would be incredibly popular still today. It, yeah. Really and I think probably right down the street, it's yeah. probably still happening. Mm -hmm. So um, women would do these matches, but then they also had a couple of like weird competitions they would do. One I found interesting was that a woman would lift a bale of rice up like with her chest, like, but, but not with her chest, up to Ugh. her chest with her teeth. So she would grab onto this huge bale like of... Like a sack of like rice? Like an enormous sack of rice. And she would put it <laughs> in her teeth and lift it up to, like, her chest level. And, and then, the crowd would, like, cheer her on and be like, go, go. Like, look how strong this woman's jaw is. Yeah, and then even weirder... And that get, was part of... That was part of these Onizumo shows. Okay. And then this one, really, I was like, what the F is this? They also did some sort of weird pounding of steamed rice into their abdomen. It was a contest where you would make that dough and use it for rice cakes. <laughs> Actually, that's... Wow. Okay, so it's like the combination of a cooking show and a sports show I... into one. You pick up the dough, pound it all over your body, and then make something Maybe with it. Maybe that's why the rice cakes men. tasted so good to yeah. these guys, is that it had been rubbed all over oh, this, this lady's yeah. body. This I... lady has pounded all over this dough, and I'm going to eat it. That's right. totally what it was about. Yes. I'm guessing. Sumo for women had been hijacked by this. I'm sorry, that image <laughs> is still stuck in my mind. I'm like pounding rice dough on your abdomen. Like I really I'm still tried like, to find. How would you do, even do pictures. that? I don't know. I tried to find pictures. I really tried from my source to dig deeper into what this Onizumo show or what these matches were like. There is one woman who is like the last Ozeki of the Onizumo. Yeah. And some of the women were actually considered very good wrestlers. They oh, may I'm have sure. they may have been in the brothel, but they were very talented. I don't know if they brought them in from outside or they found women who were good at it and yeah. then put them into the brothel shows. I don't know. The kind of feeling about the show like cast a shadow for women and in sumo up to modern day. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah, because they had taken place in the brothels. It was kind of kind impure, low-brow yeah, low low kind of entertainment. Yeah. So women who really did want to do sumo couldn't get a leg up because if they said they wanted to do sumo, somebody would associate it with something naughty or body or raunchy. In that way, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of similar to actors, like those traveling actor shows. 
Wait, what ones are those? Like vaudeville? No, not American. Like European, the the first acting, traveling acting troops that would go to a town and set up. They were um, naughty? Yeah. Oftentimes they were very naughty, very body. Well, how and, do you get uh, those butts in the seats? Yeah, and some exactly. Half naked ladies. Yeah. What women have done over the years to entertain men yeah. is—it's astounding. <laughs> so back to that idea of women in sumo and the Olympics yes. and men being in sumo. Yeah. By the way, there's—I think you're going to talk a little bit more about this. There's about twenty thousand women today who are wrestling. Yeah, I'm going to talk more about what's happening today. Okay. In the female sumo wrestling world. Perfect. Well, there became this new movement called New Sumo. So women knew they had to separate themselves off from the Onizuma shows. They called it New Sumo, and it has new rules, but they kind of had to make a big deal about calling it this New Sumo, and it is not in any way sexual. It's not in any way body, because there is still, to this day, such... A shadow of shame connected to women in sumo. And Mm. that is what has kept a lot of women from doing sumo. New sumo still largely uses men's rules. The clothing is now a little bit different than that of the men as they have, uh, they wear these kind of black unitard type short things underneath Mm -hmm. the mawashi. Mm -hmm. The rules are very similar. They just have a couple of slight adjustments, meaning women can't hit with their heads, and they actually have weight classes. I watched a documentary called Miss Little Miss Sumo. It's only like 19 minutes. It's on Netflix, mm-hmm. and it documents this one girl's struggle to be known and to excel in female sumo. It was really inspiring, but at the same time heartbreaking, because women can't really go past 20. They're only allowed to be an amateur at this point. So just like with all sports around the world, we just don't give women an equal shake. Well, things are changing. Yeah. Um, You know, now we do have professional female soccer teams. Yeah. Like that exists now. They don't get paid the same amount as men, but it does exist where it, it didn't before. So things are shifting. We still don't have professional football, women's football or professional women's baseball, mm-hmm. things like that. But things are shifting, and I'm going to talk more about that in a little bit. Well, it's interesting what is shifting and what isn't. Some of these sports like sumo, like football, where women would have to be big, Mm -hmm. even from women you hear scoffing of the idea. Mm -hmm. Because women do not look slight. They do not look dainty like we're supposed to look. For some reason, we have it so ingrained in our brains, that women are not allowed to be strong or big. And we do not celebrate it. Women do not pursue those things because of the societal backlash. That's my two cents. Got it. I'll talk more about that. I want to talk a little bit about this interesting relationship between women and sumo wrestling. Mm -hmm. Because as I started to research this this week, a couple different things popped out at me. One, the recent resurgence of sumo wrestling is due in part to sumo fangirls. And Mm. I'm talking the resurgence that's happened in the last five years is really due to these fangirls who are on 
platforms like Instagram and Twitter. Oh. Yeah, they call themselves Sujo. And what they do is they take photos of the wrestlers and they share them on their social media accounts. And they're usually younger girls, like in their 20s, something like that. And they just, you know, they're fangirls like we are of these wrestlers. And they've given Sumo a whole new audience. Mm. They've made the audience younger. They have definitely increased audience size for these tournaments. True. Wasn't it that the sumo audiences in the day were mostly men and older? Older. Older generations really love sumo. And then it kind of fell off maybe around the same time that American type sports like baseball became huge over there. I don't know. I just know that many of these Sujo that have been interviewed, they seem to to think that they've had a huge influence on the sport. They say things like, we've made these tournaments feel like concerts. Like people are yelling and screaming now, whereas they weren't before. <laughs> because of the fandom. Yeah, because yeah. of the fandom. And um, I looked for information about why these girls were so interested in these young men, just because I was curious. And they talked a lot, like us, about the physique of the wrestlers, but they said things like, oh, these wrestlers, large bellies, they're so hard if you touch them. They're so cute. And they said things like, we love pictures of them sleeping. They look so cute when they sleep. Yeah, so there's... Kawaii. Yeah, there's this, you know... There's they, a culture of kawaii, which is cute in but, Japanese, yeah, but they have... More. They have television shows. They have this whole part of their culture that revolves around cuteness. Everything is cute. And so it makes sense that if a Chiyomaru is super mm -hmm. adorable to them because he has the roundest head, he has the biggest, roundest belly, he is the cutest in that way. It yes. makes sense that they would celebrate that. Yes. But there's also been two recent incidents of interest in the sumo world that have to do with women, okay? One of them took place in, I believe, the year 2000, and it was Japan's first female governor, I believe, who was supposed to hand out, you know, those big, huge trophies yeah. that they give to the winner at the tournament? Yeah. She was supposed to hand those out because that's what the governor does. They make mm -hmm. a speech and they hand out the yeah, big the trophy. Right. And... She was not allowed in the ring. She asked for permission to come in and hand this trophy over. And the JSA basically said, you are not welcome in the ring. And she was incensed. Yeah. She was very angry about it. She asked five years in a row, didn't she? I think uh, she asked every year. Or and every they, they denied her. Over and over and over again because of the tradition. The tradition since the 1700s, right? <laughs> yeah. But not prior to that, but right. since when the rules were, yeah. Right. The JSA said things, you know, like the Sumo Association is perfectly justified in maintaining its own traditional culture at a time of constantly changing views on values and history. But the JSA also said we are open to further discussion. It is important to hear others' opinions about mm -hmm. this issue. So mm -hmm. it wasn't a complete closed door, which mm -hmm. I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people got very upset about right. the fact that this, this first female governor could not even step into the ring mm -hmm. to 
hand off a trophy. But within that culture, that business culture, they don't do things quickly like that. Mm. They have a hierarchy of who they talk to, who is approved, and it's very methodical. And I, I don't think that that's a bad thing. That's just sometimes the a, a typical Japanese way of handling most matters is never quick or in one person would be deciding. It. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. What I did think was really great about the first female governor in the trophies is they did allow her to speak beside the ring. She wasn't allowed to step into in the, the ring. ring because that's Yeah, and she was able to say something like like here I have this quote, "Female mayors are also humans." She reportedly said in a speech delivered beside the ring, "I am frustrated that I cannot give this speech on the doyo just because I am a woman." So the fact <laughs> That she was still allowed to say yeah, that. That's bold. Next to the ring. Yeah. And in, not, the ra- like, yeah. in the arena with yes. all of those people. Good for her. Yeah. Well, and good for JSA, too. Yeah. They, they allowed, allowed it her. to be said. Yeah. And... Another interesting thing that happened just in 2018, so this one's very recent, is a mayor collapsed on the doyo during a sumo event. And two, he basically fell down on the ring. Two women rushed immediately to his aid, so they went right onto the doyo, and they started doing CPR. That's what it looks like on the video. They were promptly asked by someone on the loudspeaker, I'm assuming it's a gyoji, to leave the doyo, even though they were providing emergency medical treatment. Mm -hmm. And that scenario got picked up by news outlets and discussed all over the world. The fact that women were problematic in the ring, even when they were saving a life, really rubbed people the wrong way. Right. And the Sumo Association apologized for that. They they knew it was bad Yeah, they knew it was a big gaffe. (laughs) So they did apologize for it, but it still happened, and that rubbed people the wrong way. It was that knee-jerk... Like, you you just can't break the rules. You just can't break this tradition. It's a tradition. Which is ridiculous when you can see these women are actually administering Yeah, one CPR. was like a nurse. Yeah. They weren't just two randos. They yeah. knew that they had the skills. And I think the man was having a stroke. Yeah. And overwhelmingly, the world responded to that with, what? That is ridiculous. Yeah. And I imagine Japanese people did, too. Yeah. Because they know. They know that that's... That's not reasonable. Yeah, it's a bit too far. It's a bit too far. <laughs> it's which a bit hence too maybe far. has been why there's been a uh, loosening of these rules as of late. Yeah, I think so too. Not within the doyo ring. That's still a hard and fast rule. But women in sumo is in the professional in the professional world. So uh, where is it at today? And I just kind of wanted to outline where this was. So women can train. Right now, at an amateur level, they can start when they're kids. And they do. And they, they start do. when they're, it's and very they, popular. They can train as adults and even as seniors. Women and men are training together all over the world. Uh, women are training with other women and they're also training with other men. They're turning and, out to be very good sparring partners. Yeah, everyone, <laughs> male and female, seems to report that training with the opposite sex is a benefit. I didn't find anyone to refute the fact that everyone treats everyone as equals in the training arena. They learn from each other. There's no sexism. There's no harassment. There's no disrespect at all within the training, which I thought was great. Well, I think that's kind of miraculous, because if you think about 
women being on a football team, sorry to my football players out there for making this assumption, but women aren't treated as equal. They won't hit them as hard. They they refuse to and because they think they're going to hurt them like they're fragile flowers. And I think if you're there, then you're saying I want to be treated as equal. And in the sumo world, it seems like the men are like, okay, I'm going to treat you as equal. And the women are like, I want to be treated as equal. That's hard to say because they didn't talk about that in Mm -hmm. any of the interviews or the video clips that I was looking at. It definitely looked like the men weren't trying as hard as they normally would. Uh, So there's that sort of dynamic. Maybe they're saying that but not doing that. Yeah, that sort of dynamic could still be happening. But at least up until a certain age, they're definitely able to compete male and female against each other at their highest level. So I don't know where that shift takes place. Right now, women can compete in amateur levels in the International Sumo Federation, the World Sumo Championships. Both of those, they, I, I believe they're two entities. They're both amateur, okay? USA Sumo holds classes for men and women of all ages. Like men's sumo, the top female competitors are from Mongolia, Russia, Ukraine, not Japan. For every 300 young men studying sumo, there's only one woman. So there's not that many (laughs) studying, but they are out there. And I think you said this earlier, there's 20,000 female sumo wrestlers in the world, uh, estimated only 3,000 of them are in Japan. So there's not as many in Japan. And you alluded a little bit to why that would be. Everything from beauty standards to... The physicality, I think, is the number one thing. Yeah. But wouldn't it be great if we gave every young girl... The confidence that would come from studying sumo wrestling, the power and the aggression that you would have to learn in order to be a sumo wrestler, I'm, uh, the, the speed. Focusing on the technique, the strength, the strength of the body. I mean, well, it's so wildly much. popular amongst kids there. It's like yeah. Little League here or, or um, you know, T-ball. It's yeah. that popular. That's what the little kids are doing. And it's, yeah. And that's inspiring. So I think they do learn it. But then somewhere along those lines of whenever you become a teenager, you're encouraged to quit. Well, I imagine that is part of the reason you quit. Another part is there's really no route to earning money. Right. Right. So you're never going to be a professional sumo wrestler. So you have to pay to get yourself the training. Mm -hmm. You have to pay to go to the tournaments to stay wherever you're going to stay when you go to a tournament. You have to support that love somehow. And if you can never get to the professional level, there's very little financial interest. Gain or interest or why would you be doing that? Like when you should be studying this at college or putting your energies toward this and that is going to create a future for you or a career. Why are you wasting your time on this thing when there's there's no road? Right. And I just want to say for the record, and I'm sure you agree with me, that I really wish there was professional sumo. It was really enjoyable this week watching women sumo wrestle each other in the clips that I was able to see. They're very good. Yeah. And they're dedicated. And Mm -hmm. you can watch like the world sumo championships and you can watch women wrestle each other. And I will also, as another aside, the judges at the world sumo champion, Mm -hmm. they don't wear those wonderful 
you know, colorful robes that the Gyojis wear at the professional mm-hmm. level. Instead, they wear this all white outfit mm-hmm. with white gloves and a black bow tie. Yeah, it like, kind of looks, like looks like a they're diner. Serve ice cream. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's totally... like a diner outfit yes. from the fifties. All yeah. you need is the little hat to go on top. So yeah. it's totally different. And I'm not sure why they wear that outfit, but you should watch just for that and to see yeah. women in these different weight classes fighting each other because it's a totally different style. Yeah. You don't see the big tachi eyes that you see right? in because the male sumo. Un- not allowed to do that. Right. Instead, I mean, they still do rush at each other, but they're going for holds right away. You see a lot more flips. You see a lot more pull downs. You Mm -hmm. see a very different lower style of sumo that's not, I mean, it is aggressive, but it's it's aggressive in a different way. Mm -hmm. And it's just as addictive. I had a ball watching these sumo yeah in some of my research i was looking up where some of these women are training a lot of them in college programs yep and the coaches that are always male they have a hard time recruiting female coaches and i can't remember who it was but when he started coaching girls he was like are you kidding me their drive and just for the sheer fact that they know that they have nowhere to go Mm -hmm. was inspiring to him yeah he was like they are throwing everything at it mentally because they want to be here Mm -hmm. not because they've got a body for it or anything their mental game is what was different from the male game of all Mm. the other wrestlers that's interesting and said that it's more of a pleasure for him to coach women because of that aspect the the drive that's there is insane you know that uh the documentary that you saw about the female what is it fight like a girl no oh little miss sumo little miss sumo that's it but it was really interesting because the woman that actually Actually wins the championship in Little Miss Sumo. Mm-hmm. She's not highlighted that much within that documentary. She's not. Actually, several of the people that are shown in that championship but are not highlighted in the documentary, I could find an awful lot about online, but only up to a certain point. Like huh. the woman that won the, is the from Russia. Russia. Yeah. And yeah, and she's the one I said, oh, she's so interesting because you can follow her to Facebook and she's got all these pictures. Like she was a heavyweight champion in this documentary. Big, huge woman, wonderful wrestler. She looked really big. But then when you go to her Facebook account today, she's like really skinny and she's holding out these pants to her side and it looks like two or three of her could fit within the pants. And I think the pants were her shorts that she wore in that championship. So she's lost a ton of weight and she's had several children and she's married now, but now there's there's no mention of sumo on her Facebook page except that oh you were so good I wish you'd get back into the into it someday. But she wrote certain things about how it was hard for her health and it was hard to have a family. It was hard to do all these other things. So you can follow these sumo wrestlers to a point, and then it just kind of ends when their I guess their career ends or they get married. They do other things. They age out, like you said, yeah. cheerleading. Once you devote your life to cheerleading, and you become this incredible athlete and tumbler and it's an incredible skill the furthest you can go down that road is just going to like college and being on a cheer team and then maybe after that becoming a cheer coach there's just nowhere to go yeah there's nowhere else to go either you go okay how much more time money and effort am i going to put towards this after you've been doing it forever the passion's there that's great but also if societal pressures tell you to quit too then that's got to be Yep. You know, weighing on you. Yeah. So people quit. I hope it changes. I hope it changes, too. I think it is changing. I think the momentum as of late has been huge. There have been, Mm -hmm. I think with 
the pressure of Tokyo being where the Olympics are going to be and sumo being recognized, it's still not recognized, but as bad as they want it, they know that to ever get sumo up there, they have to include women. Wouldn't it be awesome to have all female professional sumo wrestlers and the judges have to be female? Like, what if it's a ring and they're like, you can't step in this ring unless you're female? That's right. Wouldn't that be great? You can't give <laughs> a trophy. Sacred. <laughs> yeah, you cannot give a trophy if you're male. You can't, I mean, you can only step up You cannot up here. save a it's, life yeah. in this doyo. <laughs> I imagine it won't get that far, but wouldn't that be great to see female judges in there as well? I think that'd be awesome. It would be. It would be. I would go. Oh, I would go. I would absolutely go. And (sighs) I would support the hell out of that. Yeah. So to wrap it all up, there's an interesting conflict between honoring and preserving traditions in the sumo world and furthering change. And there's comfort in what seems to have always been a tradition And there's discomfort in the need and the desire to change. I welcome more people into the sport, and I hope that it continues to grow and change with the times. Yeah, I hope that people could, I don't know, just get on board with this idea that women can be sumo wrestlers, too. I'm going to continue reaching out to female sumo wrestlers who I can find online and see if we can talk to them and see if we can find out even more about what's happening in the female sumo world. That would be awesome. If any of them are listening or if you know anyone who is into sumo and they are a woman, there's probably women here in the States that have an opinion on this, too. I would love to talk to you. Yes, and I know that there is a sumo club in L.A. because several sites pointed me in that direction. So in California, I know that there are female sumo clubs that we can reach out to. I don't know if there's any in Texas. There should be because we have big girls here, too. That's right. And one thing we didn't even say is that other sports in Japan, judo, right, and yeah, karate, yep. those are in the Olympics. Yeah. So, so the Japanese have accepted women in sports in these other two mediums. So why not sumo? Yeah. Oh, Uh, for another day, for another day. But for today. That's right. We did it. Yep. All right. Our Q&A comes from Mark De La Bar. He asks, is there a time limit to a match? And there kind of is. I'd say the they get about four minutes. The Gyoji gives them about four minutes, right? And then he moves the, the Goombai, the fan over, and he's like, it's time to fight. But I feel like prior oh, to that's that... that's before. A time limit before they begin? Is that what you're talking about? I'm not sure. He just says, is there a time limit to a match? So... I would think while they're fighting. And there's not there. I mean, there's water breaks. We've talked about water breaks. Yeah. I mean, the bout mostly is usually under like six seconds. Yeah. But they can go a really long time. They can. So I think they just go until somebody loses. Yeah. But most of the time it's like two seconds (laughs) it's really really fast yeah (laughs) so no the time limit is not strict that was our question awesome great question oh we do have another one actually from malcolm morrison 
He asks, can sumo wrestlers endorse products or appear in TV shows oh, and movies? Oh, yes, they can. Yes, they can. And they do. And it's fabulous. Yeah, that's my favorite thing is to find sumo wrestler commercials. Yes, this is why actually I love Japanese television is just for sumo wrestler commercials. I, this week I've been watching the Hakuho McDonald's commercials. Oh, I haven't seen Oh those. my God, they're fabulous. <laughs> they're hysterical. I love the one where Shodai's drinking a glass of champagne pain like on the water somewhere oh, yeah, yeah. have you seen um endo or endo end- does a beer, beer commercial yeah yes. and endo is considered a pretty boy and so i think he's got some sponsorships too somewhere in there there's some car commercials with all the sumo wrestlers laying on the roof like they're oh my, i need to see that they're washing cars and it's sumo wrestlers just laying on the front as they're washing cars it's awesome <laughs> yes so yes they can and it's fabulous i love it so so there you have your answer. Yeah. Yay. So that is our style of sumo, sumo this sumo week. Sumo kaboom. That's sumo kaboom. Uh, be sure to tune back again next week for more information on the sport we love. Yeah. Join us online and find us on social media at Sumo Kaboom. Connect up with us, comment, tell your friends about us, and feel free to ask us anything about sumo. We will do our best to get to the bottom of it or find an expert who can. Until then, I'm Laurie. And I'm Leslie of Sumo, sumo Kaboom. Kaboom. See y'all later. Sayonara. Sayonara.